Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Caught offside. With Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes! Caught offside, just outside of New York City, and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? I am uh, I'm enjoying an Ebbs lager, Andrew. I looked at the rundown earlier for this podcast, and I thought, this is thin gruel. There's oh, not no, much, no. There's not much happening, but... The more I got into it, the more I looked at it, and the more things I added myself, um, I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's there's some tasty morsels in the, this podcast. Um, I, I I just wanted to start by saying, and 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 there's things we're going to talk about, like Mason Mount, Manchester United. We have a segment I've created called Pep Talk. Um, we've got some fascinating MLS stuff, like what's going on in Toronto is unbelievable. Um, and 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 also we've a little. Little tribute to Jeff Shreves, who's leaving Sky. Uh, Martin Tyler. Uh, we haven't even t- discussed the Tyler Drury champion nexus that's uh, that's happening, and uh, and then also um, some more Declan Rice slander. But before we get to that, I I'm having a weird off season. Like this whole Saudi soccer revolution, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's day after day of just. Flicking, scrolling through Twitter are now threads. Apparently, I have to do threads now. Oh, God. by the way, I signed us up. I don't know what I'm going to do. It looks like messier Twitter. But I mean, now we have to look in like another place. I know. I'm increasingly when is just it go- enough already? I'm increasingly just going to the animals on Reddit. Yeah. Or, or forward slash caught offside pod. There's 1300 of the mad bastards there. <laughs> and they're, they're brilliant. They're absolutely great. Um, fronted by Newman their their leader yeah. but uh yeah i scroll through twitter or threads or whatever is blue the sky thing. blue sky or curtains or window or whatever it is i'm on and uh and i see steven gerrard and his less gaunt slightly more portly face than when he played and him gurning holding the flag of or the scarf of some unpronounceable team 
and uh, and I hear him do his little hype video, which we can listen to right now. Mahaba, Anna, Stephen, Gerard, Anna, El Etifaki. See you soon. And I ask myself, Andrew, firstly, why the trajectory of Glasgow Rangers being a champion there, stopping Celtics ten in a row to Aston Villa, okay, not successful, but you're still you're still in the public eye. Wasn't good. Maybe he's not cut out for it. Why not try a championship club or maybe a lower Premier League club? A job will come up. He's off in Saudi Arabia. The football, why? And then just the how much is enough money? Because we know Steven Gerrard was well, well remunerated as a player. Very well. He doesn't need this. That's why. I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you, but... Uh... You and I, we were talking before the pod. I think it was Scott Van Pelt when he was recently talking about live golf um, and the criticism of the players that defected to go there. And I think he said, you know, I I don't know that I'm positioned to criticize when I've never been asked to make a nine figure decision. Right. And I and I like hearing him say that. And I should say he's also someone in this business that I I happen to have a lot of time for and a lot of respect for. And. I, it is, I guess at a certain point, like it is easy for us to sit here and, and criticize people who make those decisions without having that sort of check floated in front of our faces ourselves. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I don't know that this suits Steven Gerrard's career um, unless he believes that this wave of talent to that country is going to continue. And this is and he wants to be on the, the front edge of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I would tend to agree with you that go go into the championship, re, you know, rebuild your rep, reputation there, and you'll get a Premier League job if you do a good job there. You know, within the next year, two years, who knows? I mean, we see how often these jobs come available. He's a big name. He did well at Rangers. There's no reason to think he couldn't bounce right back. But maybe he thinks the same thing can be achieved going there, and he can do so making ten times more, fifteen times more than whatever it would have been in the championship. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I know he's not alone. I mean, no, he's... it's 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 everyone. I mean, it's absolutely like everyone. Bernardo Silva, uh, and he hasn't done anything yet. But I, I see they're they're floating five hundred thousand a week. Bobby Firmino. Yeah, I mean, this that, is that one we, was and, and look, we called this a while ago. We said that like this Saudi Arabia is not just they're not dipping a toe in the water. That's not how they do things. We, I mean, we saw it with Live Golf. Like that was that was the example of how it's going to be. Um, there's no toe dipping. They're diving in head first. And so like, this is, this is what it looks like. There's a lot of guys that, that we've watched for years that are going to kind of fall off the radar now because there's just obscene sums of money available to them in that country. They are uh, resigning their careers or what's left of their careers to highlight little highlight snippets that will show up on Twitter and threads and TikTok and is there still Vine? Is Vine Vine is dead? No, that, that was absorbed by one of these companies. I don't yeah, remember who. Yeah. Anyway, listen, that's enough of that. Um, just yeah, I'm having a weird off season. I'm yeah, disappointed by so many people. <laughs> Jeez, I just am. Like they shouldn't be going to that country, and we know they shouldn't, and they know they shouldn't. But there's just so much cash. Yeah, it's a financial decision, and any and anything to the contrary is probably just either not true or someone kind of trying to lie to themselves so they sleep at night. It's a financial decision. Um, but yeah, who knows? Um, 
before we kind of get into the podcast, JJ, I wanted to a couple things. I wanted to first off uh, thank everyone in the World Soccer Talk voting for best podcast who voted for this podcast. The numbers that we received when we got nominated, I w- I thought that that would be it. like, oh wow, we got nominated. That's cool. Um, and then I saw how competitive we were, and th- and that we were actually leading for the majority of the month of June while voting was going on. We finished second to the Scuffed Podcast. Well, like I've said, I think they're great and good for yeah, them. No, and and by um, the way, there's there's no feud. No, this was this was me winding myself up. Like I like remember when Roy Keane said, you know, sometimes I'll just go kick someone just because it'll do me good during a game. I'll, I'll smash into someone. Yeah, this Michael Jordan me... used to do this. He used to invent enemies, uh, beefs with players who hadn't actually said anything, but he would lie to himself and say that they did, just so he could like get that rush. Yeah, uh, some, some of us need, some of us need that. Yeah, you thrive on it. No, I do. Uh, I definitely do. Like sometimes, gre- uh, perceived made up grievance can can drive you forward. But yeah, yeah. I have no problem with the scuff but, boys. But uh, I, I do have a problem with the tweet that they put out. The Irishman and uh, a guy who we think likes Tottenham or whatever. Let's do this. Let's be all right. First of all, you've quoted me enough times on your podcast to know my name. I'm flattered that they even know we Say exist. Say my name. Say my name. Go on, do it. Um, and you wouldn't want. The, I mean, they would not. They would not want to anger the Irishman. Don't call me the Irishman. All right, I've been here long enough. Deserve a little bit more respect than that. That was a bit. That was a bit naughty. Now, oh boy, dismissive. Oh, uh oh. Yeah, Dismiss- don't like that. Oh, no. Oh. We'll see. Next, we'll see them next time. We'll <laughs> see them. We'll see them. Uh, I think I'm going to call you that now. Is that would that be all right? No, I had a friend, a Welsh Wayne used to call me Irishman, which was okay because apparently that's what Brian Clough called uh, Johnny Giles at Leeds. But I doubt Johnny Giles loved that either. You know, Johnny Giles was probably the best midfielder in Europe at the time. And here's Clough coming in. Irishman. Well, call me by my name. All right. Wasn't that a movie? Anyway. Great, great. Well, the, the damn also, Oh, the Irishman. Yeah. No, no, no. I, not that. Call me by my name. Um, anyway. Well, real quick, what does that mean, though? The guy who we think likes Tottenham. What does that mean? Oh, I don't, that's, I don't actually that's, understand that. That's further dismissive. They're like, oh, we don't really know who these guys are, but we think one of them likes Tottenham. Like, oh, okay. I thought they were implying that I don't actually like them, that it's some kind of act or I'm not a real fan. Because that, that would actually hurt me more than them not knowing who I am. Ask my oh, wife what I think and of also, Tottenham, who how many things I've missed on weekends to watch not, them lose. Nice lads that they are. Who gives I'm, a f- what they know either? Come on. <laughs> Um, anyway, somehow this divulged into, into, to this. It's but, now a beef. <laughs> yeah. G- genuinely congrats to them. They, they I know. Well done. Well work. done. No, they, um, they what, um... I, what I was going to say was simply thank you to everyone who voted yeah, yeah, far, yeah. Sorry. It far exceeded my expectations of what I ever imagined possible. And it just shows that the following of this podcast is, I don't know. It, it never ceases to amaze me. And we, we love all of you for doing it. And I was going to also thank all the animals, um, because we got some great feedback in our last podcast that we did uh, around the 4th of July. We did our top 10 list of the most American things about American soccer. And boy, we did leave off some egregious ones. And I'm so glad that we have the animals to keep us, to, to hold us accountable for these things. Uh, Viva Bujos 402. He couldn't have gone to Reddit quick enough to to say my top American thing about American soccer is the what if our best athletes played soccer debate. Oh, man. How did we forget that? one? That how is did we like... leave that out? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, I Ooh. feel like I spent the first five years of the almost decade I spent at ESPN. Every time there was a tournament, 
um, either me or you would get invited on ESPN National Radio or on 98.7 in New York. And I know it's tough for the hosts. They stay across basketball, baseball, football, the whole thing, hockey. So it's tough for them to even be bothered with soccer. But to a man, I think the only person that never asked that question was Alan Hahn. I don't think Alan Hahn. I respect that. Because it's low-hanging fruit as far as soccer topics in this country go. The lowest of the low-hanging fruit. Way lower than promotion relegation. That's like a redwood compared to this. Yeah, we, we messed up. We definitely messed up. Big miss. Big miss on our part. And also Lobo312, uh, his submission was casual fans wearing a random European team jersey to an MLS match as if to say, this is my soccer watching shirt. It's so American. It's like people cosplaying as soccer fans. <laughs> I don't know if I have as much of a problem with that. Oh, I think bad, there's people who just Oh, I think there's people who go to MLS matches that don't necessarily have a rooting interest in the game. It's True. just like a soccer event. And so they're going to wear like their soccer uniform to this soccer event. Like I, so they I, can, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that one. So they can strike up a conversation with the next nerd beside them. Why That's, nerd? This is, next, these are our people. Yeah, they are our people. Sorry. The next, okay. The next me, the next JJ beside them. Next See my Irish. shirt. I got Fabregas on the back of it. It's from the 2005, 2006 season. What shirt are you wearing? Yeah, I think it's all right. It's just like a soccer festival. It people used to wear their me stuff. at Red Bull Arena though. And I think at Red Bull Arena it annoyed me because the place was half full anyway. The South Ward was always packed with the hardcore. And then everybody else was just kind of there. Like you said, they weren't that bothered one way or the other. So they'd wear whatever they wanted to the game. Yeah. It's just an, an enjoyment of the sport. Just for just for the love of the sport. But anyway, thank you, everyone. I know there were others, too. Um, but uh, appreciate it. Always appreciate um when you guys listen and, and engage, and it's what makes this fun. Uh, let's get into it now, JJ. Lot to get caught up with on the uh, as the transfer window is is really moving and, and grooving, as we've now said a couple oh, times. Stop it! Um, moving and grooving. We've talked about this a little bit, uh, but now it's truly official. The pictures have been taken <laughs> by the club's official Twitter account. Man, uh, Manchester United have signed Mason Mount, and boy, it's very. It's very interesting. So I'm I'm now thinking about what that midfield three looks like, and if he is a starter. I you, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think they're looking at a Casemiro, Mount, Bruno Fernandez. Right? Is that probably what that midfield three would look like? Well, I we'll take it from the base of the midfield, of Casemiro, mm-hmm. then ahead into the left, Bruno Fernandez, um, to the right, Anthony, to the left, Rashford, centrally, Mount, and then the striker. The number nine to TBD. It can't be. I mean, it's just not going to be Veghorst again, right? Like <laughs> TBD, Andrew. Um, they'll have to get someone in there, and and that's. I think as the as the summer drags on, that's going to be the big. As the summer drags on, it's July seventh. Come on, <laughs> July sixth. Come on. Yeah. Um, but it, that's going to have to be the 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 solution. Um. And and Mount is versatile. Like he can he can drift left, he can drift right. I think he'll he'll occupy like a half space, or he'll he'll occupy a kind of a an inside right channel, so he can link and combine with Anthony or whoever the fullback is. I don't know, Dalot, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and and link the play there on that right hand side, because I suppose United are maybe predominantly left hand sided. Uh attacking i guess and yeah. and that would mount would be would would give them a bit of a bit of balance i suppose and um 
I don't know if it'll work. To be I agree. I agree. I don't know that we fully know who he is yet. No. I mean, he obviously, since he emerged onto that Chelsea squad, I know when you look at the, the numbers of since he made his debut, his statistical ranks within Chelsea are, are top in most categories. But the step back that he took last season was a little bit unnerving. Um, and I wouldn't say that he was that he was so great before that, you know, you, you just you erase last season and say, oh, it's clearly an aberration. I, I don't know that I'm quite there with him. I do like him, um, but I don't know exactly how much it, it completely alters my opinion of Manchester United. Now, it does in the sense that I do believe that he's a step up from Fred McTominay, you know, that kind of level of Manchester United midfielder. He's he's better than that, certainly. Um, but does he like really up them a level? To me, that still remains to be seen. If it, it might work, you know, he might go there. I know Eric Ten Hag has loved him for a while since he saw him as an 18-year-old when he was on loan at, I think, Arnhem, Vitesse Arnhem. Ten Hag was in and tried to get him at Ajax and couldn't. So this is a player that he's had his eye on for a while, which which presumably means that he has a plan for this guy in particular and and likes him and is going to give him every opportunity to thrive. So I think it, it certainly has a chance to work. Mount is kind of just young enough still that maybe we haven't seen the, the finished version of what he can be. So I guess put me down in like the intrigued category, not yeah. sold necessarily, but, in, but watching with some intrigue over how this goes. Yeah. Means. And I, I tell people um, there's two good videos up uh, on YouTube. Um, Statman Dave does a nice video on, on Mount and what Mount will do at Manchester United on YouTube. And also uh, if you want to, if you want to go back a little bit further and, and some people will ask this question, I don't mean to be disparaging, but what exactly does Mason Mount do? Uh-oh, this is the Eric Dyer question that you asked probably about seven years ago. Yeah, so um, uh, the guys at TIFO did a little video on that, um, if you're not clear. Now, he's been given the number seven jersey, Andrew. Um, let me go through some recent number sevens with you. Hmm. And I want you to, because um, you're a great man for, for verbal communication that isn't words. So often you'll go, ah, Ooh, sharp intake of breath, things like that. So I'm going to go through all the recent number sevens. And I would suggest there's a curse to the number seven at Manchester United. Um, and you'll see why as we go through the list. So uh, recent number sevens at Manchester United. Let's get it going. Uh, Memphis Depay. Mm. Angel Di Maria. Mm. Michael Owen. Mm-mm. Alexis Sanchez. Mm, not there, no. Ed. Uh, Edinson Cavani. Uh-uh. Antonio Valencia. I don't see him as a seven. Wasn't he? No, he, I, he I only wore like he was 25. I, he I, only I, won. He, he, he wore the number seven only for one season. So I guess he doesn't really count. Oh, Brian Robson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Legend. Uh-huh. Um, David Beckham. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, George Best. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eric Cantona. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I would. So say what are you recent, saying that a recent the recent seven jersey has not um, the occupiers of said shirt have not covered themselves in in glory, and I wonder is there a a bit of pressure that comes with that? Maybe there was, but I guess you're saying that that pressure has been lifted by the last <laughs> several number sevens that have completely devalued its its prestige. Yeah, but I think Mason Mount comes in with a higher 
kind of profile. I'm not saying he's had a better career than Edinson Cavani, I, but they're coming in at no, different stages. No, not yet. But he's coming in as a 24-year-old from Chelsea and a guy that a lot of people talk about, but a lot of people feel has yet to do anything. And he's going to Manchester United. That is a pressure, man. Yeah. That is uh, different from the other guys we've named on this list. Yeah. Um. So with this now, I wanted to ask you, all of a sudden, I feel like maybe this isn't all of a sudden. Maybe this has existed for a while, but I feel like there's now a lot of really prominent midfield threes lurking about in the Premier League. I want to list some of the notable ones for you. And then I want you to answer for me this question. Who scored.com that they do player ratings? They took the average rating of all of these midfield threes. Okay. And I'm going to list them for you. And then I want you to try to guess for me which one had the highest average rating. I'll be bad of, at this. But of, how, of how they did last season. All right. All right. The first one, like we said, United, Casemiro, Mount, and Bruno Fernandes. Uh, City with De Bruyne, Rodri, and they now include Kovacic, Mateo Kovacic in there. Uh, Newcastle with Tonali, Bruno, Grimarish, and Joe Linton. Arsenal uh, with Declan Rice, Odegaard, and Kai Havertz. And Liverpool uh, with Fabinho, McAllister, and Sablozai. Sablozai. You know who I'm talking about. Which one of the... Sablozai. Yeah, yeah. Which one of those midfield threes do you believe has the highest average rating at whoscored.com from last season? Oh, it's going to be something surprising like the Newcastle one. They are, they are in fact, number one. Yeah. Newcastle's midfield three of Tonali, who obviously he hasn't played there yet, but... He hasn't played in the Premier League. Right. But Tonali, for what he did at AC Milan, Bruno Gamarish and Joe Linton. That was the he highest. They, were, they had an average rating of 7.12 and City of De Bruyne, Kovacic and Rodri were just barely behind at 7.11. People who've seen Tonali, and I don't want to di- go on a diverge- divergence there, who've seen him more than me, uh, and more than me and you, I would imagine, um, like coming out of Italy, they're like, yeah, he's he's a good player, but ooh, he's not that good. He's mm. not that good. So, I mean, maybe he's an upgrade for Newcastle, but um, I'm curious to see how he settles in. I don't know. I don't know that that's what I've heard about him. Mm. I feel like I, I've well, heard I'm, I'm just looking, I'm looking at... I'm looking at uh, some Syria CBS accounts, people who are watching week in, week out for their work. I, w- I was also told, well, all right, that's different. I mean, because the stuff I heard, like I was thinking, sometimes I view some of that, like that criticism of players coming out of Italy to the Premier League with a bit of a slanted eye. When Bentoncourt came to Spurs, I heard the same thing. Oh, thanks for taking him off our hands from all the Juve fans. He's brilliant. He's an incredible player. So mm. I, I don't know. Who knows how these, yeah, how these yeah. guys will slot into a new league with new management and new surroundings i don't know i i think highly of him i think it's a great move and i think that midfield three for newcastle is is pretty formidable um now we go from midfielders joining the premier league to those leaving it uh granted jaka leaving arsenal for Bayer leverkusen this has been talked about for a while now it appears to be official um boy I'm, i'm very curious how arsenal fans will look back on his time with the club i think i know the answer um but i think i think it'll be a two stager It'll be, there will be the the recency bias, which we, if you want to call it that, which we all have after the season just passed, and he'll be viewed in in a high regard. Um, but the overall picture will include, you know, just a player who was prone to get sent off at the absolute worst moment, and his worst moment for the club was certainly when he was substituted as captain, I believe. Mm-hmm. And was cheered 
or I suppose the term is jeered as he left the field. And then he reacted to the fans doing that. And I honestly think he didn't, be, he wouldn't be back at the club the following season, but he was, he's a kind of a, what would you say? A late, a late stage Wenger hangover. That kind of worked out in the end. I, I think he, the view of him won't be as harsh as if, as at that moment, if he had left after that moment. I think I think he's built, he's rebuilt a few bridges that were certainly burned. A hundred percent. I think, I think his ability to kind of rewin everyone back. Um, I think he now, if Leverkusen comes back to the Emirates at some point, I think he gets an ovation. I think he I think he went out on a high note, even though even in this final season where it all went well for Arsenal and, and he scored some big goals for them. Um, even in this season, remember the game against Liverpool where he got into it with Trent Alexander-Arnold, which kind of swung that game and with yeah. it, maybe even the title race. It was like mm. another one of these sort of Xhaka flare-ups <laughs> that he's prone to. And this one occurred at a really bad moment. But I think overall, I think he won everyone back. Um you know, the thing that was interesting about him, JJ, was I, I remember when that happened with the fans, when he was the captain and he got sent. He, he, was he substituted or sent off? I can't remember. He but was I, substituted, I think. Okay. But I remember the jeers and I remember his reaction to it. Um, and I remember thinking he's finished there. Yeah, but so then, did I. But everything you heard after that was that his teammates really liked him. And I, I remember when the all or nothing with Arsenal came on, I remember talking about how of all the players on that team and the manager and the Cronkies or whoever – he was the one that I was most curious about because yeah. we had, we all have this perception of him, but clearly that wasn't aligning with whatever the feeling is within that room. And sure enough, you know, the, the cameras, they went to his house. You got to see him with his kids, his wife. Um, and I think he even talked in it that like what you see as a fan is, is a 90 minute snapshot of what a person is. It's not, it's not necessarily, it's not who they are. It's a like you don't know who the, these guys are. No. I think we all thought we did, but I think he's a different guy around his teammates off the field. Um, and I think Arsenal players, they all, you know, you could see there was a lot of outpouring of love for him on Twitter. I saw who was it, Zinchenko, Odegaard. I think they all had messages for him. Um, so yeah, I think that he won everyone back, and I think that's how Arsenal fans will will most likely remember him. Um, Let's see, another long-time Premier League mainstay, even longer than Jaka, Cesar Azpilicueta, 11 mm. seasons at Chelsea. He says goodbye now. Made over 500 appearances there. Won everything. Uh, two Premier League titles, Champions League. Um, I'll ask you this, JJ. We talked about it with Cesc Fabregas the other day. Azpilicueta, Hall of Famer? Probably the down way, the line, yeah. You can tell that I, I love that this Hall of Fame exists now. Oh, you do. Oh, this is so made for your American brain. I think probably down the line, in the fullness of time, we shall reflect upon Azpilicueta and consider him one of the greats. Um, but we're not probably there yet. Um, unbelievably slappable face. What? Unbelievably slappable face. Um, Are we talking he, like... Again, on the field, his contortions, a, I, complaining when a free kick could be given against him. I mean, there's lots of players you can put in this category. But he was, he's been, I mean, he's been brilliant for them. You have I to mean, be are honest. we talking Ab like, like on a scale brilliant. of like, I don't know who one would be. I, I can only name 10. Bruno Fernandes. I think, I mean, when I think mo the most slappable face Mount Rushmore 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, Bruno maybe gets on there. I think Diego Costa. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I think maybe Mesut Ozil had a little bit of that, which probably hurt him in the way fans perceived him. Um, I think some people think Kane has that. Mm. I don't see it. I don't get it. But well, Kane is hated, as we've discussed before <laughs> on this podcast. I know, seriously, Aspeta quite a brilliant footballer, and um, and one of a, a, a raft of players that Chelsea are, are are having to get rid of, which we thought they would because training was becoming impossible. They had so, done two trainings, two first so, team trainings. So JJ, here, tell me if I'm missing anyone, but I, I have what I think is is a list in front of me of the players who have been allowed to leave Chelsea so far in this window. Uh, Havertz, Mount, Ziyech, Azpilicueta, Conte, Koulibaly, Mendy, Kovacic, Jao Felix, and soon to be, like, perhaps with by the time you're listening to this, Christian Pulisic. That, maybe I'm missing someone. That's Ruben ex- Loftus-Cheek. Okay. I mean, that's an extraordinary list of outgoing talent. Yeah. Um, Havertz didn't work. Mount didn't uh. Mixed bag. Ziyech hey, well, I, didn't I work. Azpilicueta, legend. Kante, legend. Koulibaly, eh. Mendy, eh. Kovacic, very good. Uh, Pulisic, eh. So, I mean, yeah. But, like, you can't keep all of them. No, I like, think they the, had to do this. I think if anything killed Graham Potter, it was it was this sheer scale of, of, of ego and of player. He had to keep happy. And, 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 you know, no wonder he chopped and changed so much. It was... It sounded so dysfunctional. The first, I think if Chelsea, um, you know, correct their course and get back on, on, on the kind of Abramovich era course of winning things, we look back at the first 12 months of uh, Todd Bowley's reign as utterly chaotic, utterly chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you asked the question, out of these, who will they miss the most? Yeah, I'm curious what your answer is to that. See, it's funny because, I, I mean, the, N'Golo Conte would be the first one that would spring to mind, but he's not N'Golo Conte anymore. Right. That's why he's not my answer either. Kovacic would be for me. Same. Look at yeah. us. Because the he's Irishman still... and the guy who might, we think likes Tottenham. Yeah, here we are. Um, Kovacic, because he's still functional as a midfielder, still does a job and, st- you know, still a good player at a good level. Also, um, I think it hurts, too, because I think he's going to go to a direct title contending rival in Man City. It's not he left the league. Like, I think well, he's going to a we club. Have to, we have to divine whether, uh, I mean, Maurizio Pochettino has been posting a lot lately on threads and Twitter and Instagram and Vine and, you know, Reddit Vine. and everything. Uh, talking about um, just, you know, First great day at Cobham. You know, um, we oh. will be 100% ready at that time. So we have to see whether whether Pochettino can um, work the oracle here and just get the best out of what seems to be a rather expensive uh, crew of players who... Well, see, it's hard to ra- rank anything. You know, Lampard... <laughs> Lampard has such a miserable second tenure uh, that it's really... It's, it's hard to know or take or divine anything from that. So, um, well, we'll see. Chelsea are going into this new season. Chelsea are one of the great question marks. Oh yeah. Maybe the They're, greatest. Yeah. They, they'll be, it'll be fun to see, uh, what Pochettino can do with them. Cause there's a world where they're brilliant, but we have to see that take shape. That, that world has to be, has to be formed. 
Right. Uh, but they're forming it. Like, I think that they're in the process of understanding Bully specifically, understanding the mistakes that were made and trying to right those wrongs. And I think he's doing a decent job, especially like with Kovacic. Like, I agreed with you. He would be my choice as well for the one that could potentially hurt them the most. But I, I would say I, that's my answer for now, because I think a lot of these moves are in preparation to try and fund the move that they really want, which is to get Caicedo from Brighton. And I think if they do that, I think it dramatically lessens the blow of losing Kovacic. Uh, I saw this, JJ, from Chelsea News. They did a comparison of Kovacic and Caicedo um, from their 2022-23 numbers. Uh, Caicedo has the edge in passes per game, key passes per game, dribbles per game, interceptions per game, and tackles per game. Um, That's a lot of things that that position is asked to do. Caicedo uh, is younger. Um, I think he'd be brilliant for anyone. And I think Chelsea, they're really going hard for him. Brighton are playing hardball. It sounds, I mean, the number right now that you see is a hundred million. That feels a little extreme. Um, but Chelsea have done a lot to try to fund that move with players that they've, that they've ushered out the door. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I do think what I said before is true. I think Kovacic could thrive in a pep system. Okay, with with his ability to pass. Oh, by the way, we got a bit of pep talk coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, before we get to that, um, one of Pep's former rivals, Real Madrid, also busy on the transfer market, uh, signing an 18-year-old Turkish player, Arda Guler from Fenerbahce. Uh, Man, they are... uh, You can only play 11 guys. (laughs) But they're stacking up. This is like a future play, you feel like. It's like they 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 see what the what the what they need to do, what they need to have for the future, and they're they're loading it with youth. I mean, they've got so many young midfielders, the top young midfielders. Um, yeah, they're they're absolutely they're seeing what's coming down the line, and they need to they need to get young, and they and they've gone about that. Now, you're gonna have hits and misses. I know nothing about this player, so don't even ask me. Well, I have I know everything. <laughs> I know everything. So I was reading JJ about him. Uh, Opta's, you know, they do the analyst where they kind of do like a deep dive on a player. Yeah, it's they, good. They say this about Arda Guler. Across the campaign last season, the teenager created 40 goal scoring chances or one every 23 minutes. This is the best average on record by a player in the Turkish Super League uh, since 2014-15, surpassing Matthew Valbuena in 2017-18 when he had a, a um, goal scoring chance every 24 minutes. There's a guy. Yeah. Um they also note that his overall expected assists per 90 was 0.42. Here are the only players in Europe's top five leagues who played at least 800 minutes last season that were better than Goulart's 0.42 expected assists uh, per 90. De Bruyne, Messi, uh, Adon Zergrova of Lille, Remy Cabela, also of Lille, uh, Ryan Cherky of Lyon, Neymar, and Jordi Alba. And then 18-year-old Arda Goulart. Um, so he is... He is promising. Prom- he's prom. He's certainly at he's that already age- promised. Yeah, I mean, at that age, with yeah. you know, among that group of players, in terms of expected assists, in terms of goal scoring chances created, I mean, that's is this is you know, Real Madrid didn't they didn't do this by accident. Like clearly, they've had their eye on him, and there's a reason that they went for it uh, on a on a pretty low release clause. So not even you know, they didn't necessarily have to break the bank either. Um, and I w- I wonder too. Like Barcelona also really wanted him. And I'm sure Real Madrid knew that. You sometimes wonder like how much of this is 
for us? And how much of this is just to make sure the other guy doesn't get him? Because there is an arms war going on right now between those two clubs. I can't wait. I know we, we, we can say this every year, but like, I feel like Real Madrid, Barcelona, they've really turned over. You know, like the Messi era is now way in the rearview mirror. Benzema's gone. There's a, there's like a new crop at Real Madrid. That it, that's Vinicius's team now, and I feel like we've really truly entered new eras for both of those clubs. And I am utterly fascinated by what that title race will look like next season. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so yeah, you got anything else on that? No, I don't. I'm excited about pep talk. I can see that you've been. This is what the fourth time you've mentioned it. For God's sake! Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's really build the drama and the tension for this new JJ segment. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. We'll come back with pep talk. A couple of MLS news and notes, um, and uh, yeah, a couple other things as well. Some other surprises. All right. So more caught offside still to come. Don't go anywhere. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, back now on Caught Offside, uh, on steamy Thursday evening. It is steamy in the, in the Northeast. Oh, it really is. It really yeah, is. it's. It, you go out, you get a, you get that sweat on early. I was out uh, earlier today, actually doing a uh, pod work. Finally, getting the final pieces together for our, our merchandise, our T-shirts oh. that are going to oh. be dropping soon, guys. You've been so patient with me. I have had a child, and until you have a child, you can't realize the spanner that throws in your life. But, wow, you uh, just like directly accidentally quoted Brian Griffin. <laughs> Until you have a child. Incredible. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, so so that's on the way. But I was out and it was, you. I mean, if you're out and you're in the shade and you're drinking a beer, then it's fine. Doing anything else is just sweat and absolute. Yeah, uh, like riding the subways. Oof. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh boy. And you get that weird. So you're sweating on the platform and then you step onto the overly air conditioned subway cars <laughs> and all of a sudden that sweat turns cold. It's no wonder people get sick. No wonder. That is the surefire way for that to happen. Yeah. Before I get to pep talk, oh. um, I know you've been kind of um, dripping your, your uh, TV viewing into the ears of our listeners. I want to go back to an old chestnut. I've spoken about it before, but I'm, so enjoying season two of the bear on FX. Oh, I have. I, I loved season one. I just haven't gotten to season two yet. I can't oh, I'm so excited. Oh, well, I'll be very careful with the spoilers. It is. Don't so, even think about it. It's in so fact, let's, here we go. Pep talk. No, there's just, there's just Relax, one episode, drink water. There's an, an episode. I mean, all the episodes are good, but there is a almost like this, this episode 
in the future, a Hall of Fame of American television will be talked about forever. It's called The Seven Fishes in Season 2. That's all I'll say about it. It's unbelievable. Just amazing. So good. And I love in the show that um, they use music so well. So like the the ongoing theme in Season 2, the song that's used all the time is Strange Currencies by R.E.M., which is just an such an underrated, beautiful song from um, uh, 1994's Monster album. Unbelievable. Uh, and R.E.M., I, I, I've loved them for years, but I, I, but you'll hear, you could hear the replacements. Um, there's just such a mix of music on the show and it's, it's just perfect. Absolutely perfect. They had a song uh, to finish the show the other day. They had a song from Neil Finn and Eddie Vedder. Neil Finn of uh, Crowded House and Eddie Vedder. Wouldn't have put them together. They had a song it's just beautiful. Anyway, I the show is amazing. Yeah. So oh, I good. love that show. That's nice to hear. Now I'm even it, more excited. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, pep talk. We don't have a jingle. We don't have anything. No, Guys, you sprung this on me like 10 minutes ago. This is a segment just based on people who've been talking about Pep Guardiola. It's called Pep Talk. Uh, we're going to start off with former Guardiola player and player who did not bad under Guardiola, uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger before he was shipped off by Guardiola to the red side of Manchester before Guardiola himself went a year later and joined the blue side. Schweinsteiger has been doing talking to TalkSport. That's where he's been doing his pep talk. And he says Guardiola played a role in the German decline. When Pep Guardiola joined Bayern Munich, when he came to the country, everyone believed we have to play this kind of football, like short passes and everything. We were kind of losing our values, Schweinsteiger said on Thursday. Uh, Schweinsteiger is now a TV pundit, so he's paid for his opinions. Um, I think most of the other countries were looking at Germany as a fighter. We can run until the end and everything. The strengths got lost through the last seven, eight years. We forgot about that, and we were more focused on playing the ball nicely to each other. That's one of the reasons. I don't know about, about this. Because Germany were good. They won the World Cup while Guardiola was in was in was in Germany. Uh, they went to the European Championship semi-final in 2016. Now, everything went downhill after that and has continued to go downhill after that. But I don't think that the Bayern Munich manager sets the tone for the German national team. I, I would, don't think I so. would tend to agree, although the German national team is made up well, largely of players who play for that team. I know, but um, I think it's putting a lot to say that Germany as a national program has gone downhill because of the actions of one manager and, and, who, who did not manage the German team, who was only there for how many years was he there? Uh, he was he was 14, 15 to like four like, years. To, and then he came into City 17, 18. If I remember correctly, I mean, oh no, he was no, he was fifteen, sixteen. So, yeah, he wasn't. He was what three seasons in Germany? I think that's it's a lot. That's a lot to blame one guy who was only there for that amount of time for why German football has declined. Yeah. So um, under Guardiola, they won three Bundesliga titles, two German cups, and World Club cups. So three three seasons, I guess. Um, yeah, three seasons. Not that long. Um. Yeah, I just thought it was an awful lot. And it's an awful lot. It's such a stretch to say we got worse because we passed the ball better or more. Or differently. Or different. I don't, I don't know. 
Um, but I'm curious. Maybe there are some German aficionados that would. Yeah, like to. I, I'd want to hear from a more, from like a more educated voice on that N- one. Not me, basically. Essentially, uh, Gabriel Jesus on how Pep made him want to leave Man City. So it's just it's been a couple Piling of days on. Of, yeah, Pep is catching strays, as the kids say. Um, this is from uh, ESPN FC's Twitter account, which is god awful. But this jeez, it's Talking about catching strays. Stinks. Everybody knows it does. It changed when while we were there, and me and you used to privately talk about it. Uh, I'm not gonna. And now I'm catching strays. I've never, I've never said anything. Oh my god. Uh, this is the quote from uh, the Denielson podcast. It's taken from the Denielson Show podcast. Denielson has a podcast. Why not? Um. Oh, what do you have a problem with that? So you no. can have one, but I've got, but a legend can't. Is he a legend? He's a very good player. Uh, there was a Champions League game. You are PSG. ruthless tonight. <laughs> I'm taking no prisoners. There was a Champions League game PSG at home in which he put Zinchenko as a false nine. Crazy thing. The day before, he didn't even use Zinchenko in training. He had put me in as a striker. Zinchenko even joked with me. That day, I felt bad for you. Two hours before the game, there's a team talk. The team eats, rests for 30 minutes, and goes to the game. I didn't even eat. I went straight to the room crying. I called my mother to talk. I want to leave. I'm going home because he put Zinchenko on, and he didn't put me on. He put a left back there. I went crazy. That story is amazing, and I think it it shines a little bit of a light, JJ, on a term we have used for years now. Oh, It's pep brain. I mean, even the players within there must have at times seen some of this stuff and thought, why is he doing this? Yeah. We have Ge- Gabriel Jesus is more than just like a suitable striker. He's very good. Why is he doing this? Why is he, he putting a left back in that position when we have this guy who's raring to go? Because he can and they'll probably win the game anyway. That's probably the reasoning. But that, how many times have they not, though? That's the point. I mean, at the business end, that is true. We have we we remember the notable games, Monaco, Leon, etc. We know we know that's happened. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I just I, think I was, it's that's a it's an interesting look for Jesus. I thought went back to the room crying to I call need, his mom. I need to. I mean, yeah. Like, can I ask you when is the last time you called your mother when things were going wrong for you in your life? When things were going wrong, I mean, like, I I, I call my call parents mom. when I have like, I mean, sometimes when I have like big decisions to make, or if I, you know, if the, there are things that come up, like with kids, advice, yeah. stuff like that. Um, have you ever called I, her I weeping? No, I, that that's, uh, no, that I can't recall. Yeah, I don't want to slag them off too much because I think I remember a tough time uh, in my early twenties. I was living in Dublin and I just was recovering from a cruciate ligament injury and just, it felt like the world was on top of me. And I think, I think I did call my mother from Connolly train station in Dublin. And I did, I wasn't crying, but I was, I felt like I was close to it. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't want to slag him off. I, I shouldn't slag him off. I won't rip him for that either no, because I'm sure that's, it's hard to relate to whatever, you know, he's in another country and he thinks he's going good, but then something like that happens that kind of shatters your self-belief. Um, yeah, I, I got I got no issue with yeah, that. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. I got your, no issue with mom's that. Mom's your mom. Don't don't bring the mothers into it, JJ. Ruthless. Hey, and that was um that was uh the first and final edition of Pep Talk. Oh wow, that's it? Yep. Yeah. I want a jingle created anyway. 
Yeah, good luck with that. We're never doing it again, but you still want me to put in the work? Because yours are works of art. Not They're anymore. So I, don't, good. I don't have my tools anymore. I, I, Christ almighty, if you don't buy some stuff and then expense it, I'm going to kill you. Kill you. Uh, we'll see. Um, let's see, JJ. A couple MLS news and notes I want to mention. First off, LA Galaxy and LAFC. I know it was a few days ago now, but we uh, haven't had a chance to talk about it because we recorded right before. I'll say mm. this. Uh, what a, What an absolute spectacle that was. I mm-hmm. enjoyed that so much. 82,110 fans for an MLS regular season match. That rivalry, it felt so real. Like, it felt like the people who were there, you know, I'm sure there were some onlookers who just wanted to be a part of a scene. But it felt like the atmosphere felt real. It felt like you had two big fan bases there who were up for that occasion. The match was, it was a really fun game. Um, I'll go I'll go so far as to say this. I was talking with somebody who I work with um, who brought this up to me. He said, they like maybe they fell ass backwards into it because this, remember this game was supposed to be earlier in the season and it got canceled or, or moved. Right. But like I because of they, terrible weather. Yeah, yeah, there was horrible flooding. Yeah. Um, but JJ, I think they stumbled into what should be an annual tradition. Do it I, every year. Do it every year. El, uh, El Trafico on Fourth of July in that stadium. Do it every year. So I like in in the principle of, of what you're saying, the spectacle, the atmosphere, the carnival, the the whole thing. The event, I agree with you. That's a good thing. But, and and I mean, it was brought up on 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 the on the Reddit by one of the guys, I think Emerald Toffee. I hold firm to an ideal that clearly MLS doesn't. So maybe this is a moot point. But you play in a league, you play home and away. Everybody plays goes to the same away venues that everybody else does. Everybody goes to the same home venues. Now, in MLS, that's not clear. That doesn't happen. I know you're winding up. You're winding up. You need to wrap your mind around the fact that there are certain American values that I'm okay with instilling in this sport. Right. Well, I'm like the the Red River shootout with Texas and Oklahoma. They split the stadium down the middle. And that like, it's not like it's still a, a fun spectacle of an event. Like I'm, I think that there are moments where you can break from the norm if you stumble into something really fun and cool. No, well, I think, yeah, well, again, I take your point. And again, again, there, there isn't always home and away parity between sides in MLS. Uh, but I, I do, I, I, I don't just from a purely what a, a league is supposed to be. I don't love it, but I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm not going to say that it, it wasn't fun or it didn't look cool or it couldn't continue to be something cool. I'll just park it there because sometimes people don't need to be hit over the head by the traditions and mores of me. And I think that it's okay to start new traditions. And I think that this would be a fun one. I I think it would be looked forward I think, to. Every I think year. it would fundamentally uh be wrong, but whatever. <laughs> I sound like the Pope. Oh, you're so <laughs> the fact that you can't see the PFM within yourself, it's so it's sad. It's no, sad. No, no, no other league would do it. No other league would do Proper it. Proper football man. That's exactly something he would say. It's in you. Embrace and I know it's it. happened. I know it's it. happened before in MLS. I get that. But no other league, no other serious league would do it. <laughs> but anyways, on we go. Oh, man. Um, also, as for the game itself, I just wanted to at least mention, boy, did the Galaxy need that. Just like on, on display like that in a season of such low morale, like really bottoming out kind of low morale. Uh, boy, did they need just an uplifting night. And I'll say this, too. They've got their issues. There's no question about it. 
but Ricky Pouge is not one of them. Uh, he he was he's having a great season and he was spectacular in this game. Oh man, what a performance from him! Um, he said afterwards, I, "I now this one I'm curious to get your take on." He was quoted after the game. Uh, he loved the environment, the experience so much. He said afterwards, "I don't play for money. I play for these experiences." And clearly, the um, what, what's the name of the ground he plays in? The Home Depot or the the Scotia Bank or the uh, Johnny Storage Stadium. Uh, your point well taken. Continue. Is not doing that for him. And it, you put him on a massive stage in an iconic stadium and, and he loves it. Those are the moments he plays for. Well, yeah. I would suggest you may have to go somewhere else. I don't play for money. I play for these experiences. Part of me, a sick part of money. me, all, yeah, part of me now wants to have, <laughs> like, I almost want, like, the, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia to have heard that and been like, oh, a challenge. <laughs> Let's see. And the Let's next find thing, out. The next thing we see, Ricky Puig's gurning face with an Al Ittifak scarf stood beside portly Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> Gerrard looked great. What are you talking about? I think he's got fat of face. There's this unbelievable picture of him from 2014 uh, by the pool. It always sticks in my brain because I'm like, how do you get into that shape? And I guess it's from the relentless remorselessness of soccer and training. And he's 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 on holidays, and uh, someone with a long lens has snapped him by the pool, and his abs you could, you could they they literally there the indentations in them they could be storage. He was in such unbelievable shape. So now I see him even slightly portly, almost ten years later, and I have to bring it up. Yeah, you really you got I'm, a, I'm terrible. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I, unrelated, I'll get to my Toronto FC stuff in a sec, but while you're saying this, JJ, I've, I've put on a few pounds, and uh, I have a wedding this weekend. I haven't worn my suit in like a couple of years, and I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I've been putting off trying it on because I'm just scared. Are I don't you know really? I, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Where, When you put weight on, where does it go? Uh, my, you know, my weird body syndrome. I'm flaring up right now, and it's all in my my like love handle area. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The way you say these things are it's amazing. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm gonna try I gotta try it on tomorrow. I can't put it off any longer. Do you think you'll burst your shirt or, or or your pants? Uh no, my my not my shirt, my pants. Oh right. The love handle drops below the ba- the yeah. waistline. Yeah. Is there no it's way just, it could be it's, just... not, it's not egregious, but it's an like with a suit, it's fine margins. What, what what's what's led you to this sudden weight gain? My job change. Oh, all right. They feed so you're us. not eating dinners, feed... you're eating my, well, my my work schedule is out of control. Ridiculous. I have okay. no time. Like if I wanted to work out, there's not time. You literally. work in a content gulag. And um and they feed us like they. I don't mean to make it sound like that's a gripe. That's that's cool. That's very nice of them. But like, it's horribly unhealthy food, and it's just there all the time. And you and you're and you're picking. Yesterday you're... it was like it was like southern like southern comfort kind of food, and uh, oh, just God. just a huge like tin tray of just the best mac and cheese I've ever had. You got a house that? I know that's the problem. Ugh. That's the problem. That's what I'm dealing with. So I've been I trying am. to get better. I'm trying to bring my own lunches and things like that, like what I used to do um, at ESPN, when where we had to put in a quarter just to get three M and M's out of a, a friggin' uh, jar. Um, this is far different. 
Oh, and, remember that? Remember yeah. those days? Yeah. Oh my God. That, I, I, during, even during COVID, I was like, really? Still, they can't throw us a bone and give us M and M's. I still got to find a quarter to get six of them out of this thing. Remember the joy when I come in with quarters and I, I I'd say to you, do you want to, do you want me to get you a cup of M and M's? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Special treats from the yeah. mouth. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh God, dude, no. Listen, there was a show one time. I believe it was Secret Eaters, and it was from the United Kingdom, one of those reality shows. And there's these people who are like, not just they're very overweight, hugely overweight. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they'd be like Samantha from Wigan, and she'd be like, "I don't know how I've got so big. I just don't understand it. You know, I just have the three meals a day." Now Samantha would be like, "Doing what you're doing, if there's food there, you're gonna eat it." Yeah, it's hard. She, it's really hard to just keep walking by. It's so tough. So she would be picking like after lunch, it'd be like two thirty or something, and there'd be Snickers bar gone. You know, and I've been that way myself. You saw me in my fat days. It's it's very, very easy. And I actually I have huge sympathy with anyone who struggles with their weight. Huge. Um, unfortunately, all your weight goes to just that one part of your body. Yeah. There, the thighs, that whole area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry for laughing. I'm sorry for laughing. But uh, we were going to need pictures of you in your suit. Sorry. All right. It, it might go great. We'll find out. We'll find the suits out. from 1995. Should I do like a? Should we stream it live, like a real, like a make an event out of it? Oh Will my it god! Fit? Oh yeah, we could yeah, and we could sell it to like E or one of those channels. <laughs> um, let's see, Toronto FC. I-, I wanted to mention this because they are. If I said that the Galaxy are in a moment of low morale, which is true, then what are what are Toronto FC? I mean, they are existential crisis. I mean, this is yeah, they're a club in crisis. Four nil defeated by Orlando City the other day. And so I wanted to get into this question of if there was any any world where we could have seen this coming, because I know when we did our MLS season preview, I thought that they were the, I think they were my club mo- that I picked to be most poised to take a, a, a leap up the table. Um, so I came across a couple comments that were made on TSN. This is from uh, Toronto FC's former captain, Stephen Caldwell. He said this. He said, this club deserves better. These fans deserve better. They deserve leadership that is clear, has a philosophy, sticks to values, and knows exactly what it wants. And I don't think we've seen that for such a long period of time. It's been getting worse and worse. And the decisions that have been made, whether it be the coaching staff or recruitment of players, personnel, infrastructure, operations, all around this football club has been mediocre. It's not been as good as it has to be. Uh, another former Toronto FC designated player and Canadian captain, uh, Julian de Guzman. He made similar comments saying, these are the people he's talking about the front office of the board. These are the people that have been ruining the club, ruining soccer in this country for a very long time by bringing in people that do not care and paying, uh, and paying them big money for it. Mm. So here's what I want to say about this. I have, and I'm not, this is not lip service. I have huge respect for both of these guys. Uh, and like, like it's clear they care. They care so much. Their passion for this club is real. It's genuine. Mm-hmm. They they are truly distressed. I think about what's going on at Toronto FC. The only thing I want to say about this is like, it's fine to say all this stuff now. Did anyone think this a year ago or even six months ago? Like maybe these guys did because they're hooked in in a way where I'm just simply not. I'm on the the outside of this, just kind of viewing it as a fan. Um, but like, if they saw this, then then like, props to them because no, I don't think anyone else did. Like, 
was Bob Bradley considered a bad appointment when it was made? Was Sean Johnson considered a bad signing? De Guzman continues. He said, it's not about bringing in a big name, big contracts to get fans to come to the games. They don't care about that anymore. The Canadian men's national team has been to a World Cup. There's plenty of talent out there from not only our, the grassroots, but also from a professional level. Allow these type of, of players to come in and really rebuild this culture. Again, like his heart is clearly in the right place in saying this. But this is, to me, this feels like 2020 hindsight. Did like, did everyone really believe when they signed Insigne and Bernadeschi that they were making a mistake because it was coming at the, like because they should have been playing young Canadian players instead? Like, did anyone think that at all? To me, it is just as easy, JJ, to envision a scenario where, okay, let's say they did what what De Guzman is suggesting there, giving some of these players who have come up through Canada, uh, Canada and Canadian youth system, give them the chance. Um, fine. Don't you think it's just as easy to envision a scenario where they do that, they don't go out and get these players, they're not good, and then you've got these same pundits essentially sitting here saying, like, what is this club doing? This is a winning club now. Why, like, this club? This club is only a couple years removed from contending for domestic trophies, continental trophies. Why are we acting like a small club? Where are the big name signings? Like, don't you think that's just as realistic of a scenario? No one saw this coming. Now, may, maybe I'm ignorant. Like I said, I'm not hooked in to Toronto FC culture the way many people are, and I would love genuinely love to hear from supporters of that club to talk about how this has gone wrong and if you are one of the people that saw this coming because i don't think anyone did I, I and think, i think th- i think the suggestions that this has been a disaster for years now i think that's a little bit of 2020 hindsight vision i don't think that people thought that six months ago i i think i can take their point and what they were, they were saying was that you know the successful toronto teams it's not like they didn't have stars like Pozuelo. they did have stars. javinko is like consider he's one of the, the shining lights in the history of the league in terms of signings that have come from abroad sure sure um but i i guess they they fitted in better into that kind of work ethic or you know into that side than i mean Tom Boger tweeted this out. Toronto FC since the debuts of Insigne and Bernadeschi last July. Seven wins, 13 draws, 15 losses. Disaster. Like disaster. Total. Incredible disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Bernadeschi is saying all the right things, but not doing the right things. So he was sent off the other night. Second yellow. Um, he said his red was due to the frustration of the moment. And then there was this picture that did the rounds on Toronto FC, Twitter, social media, whatever, of him winking as he comes off and smiling. And he said he was winking and smiling at a kid that shouted at him. Now, either way, that could be true. It could be not true. The fact he was winking and smiling says something. Now, he's coming out with all the right words. We're hearing the rumors that Insigne is changing his agent with a view to moving away from Toronto. To Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a total mess. I kind of agree with you though, because, or maybe we were just wrong. Maybe the maybe the culture at the club is rotten, and because we're not on the inside, all we saw was Bob Bradley, experienced MLS coach, experienced coach. Period. Good fit. Bringing in two Italians who are while they're in the more advanced years are still in their peak years. Two quality players off the back of a a European Championship victory. So. Maybe we just saw it on the surface. 
and that deeper there has been dysfunction there and that deeper the people who are running it are doing it football by numbers. Well, Lorenzo Insigne is, he's available. He's a really good player. Let's throw a boatload of cash at him to get him to come to Toronto. I don't know. Um, it, it, it would seem to me that the, the culture, uh, the unity of the team that won the league not so long ago isn't there anymore. And it's not fair to pin it on the two Italians that have come in, but... Well, they're the certainly same... part of it. Oh, of course. I mean, they're. look, I think their point is essentially like, and, and I do get this, but like you have some really promising Canadians that have, you know, pr- helped propel Canada's national team back to a World Cup. Tejon Buchanan, Kyle Lahren, uh, Kamal Miller. Like why, why were these guys not part of Toronto FC's system? How were they allowed to slip through the cracks? Um, and that's a fair point. But I think to to say some of what they said there, just I think sometimes like, look, you signed two designated players and it ha- and it and it didn't work. Like these, sometimes that happens in this league. We've seen it happen before with others. And it, you know, it for Toronto FC, some of those designated players in the past have worked spectacularly well and been at the center of the greatest era in the club's history, like Javinko. Um, this time it didn't. Uh, so I think if, if they did anything here, I think maybe, you know, it becomes like another one of these cautionary tales when it comes to European superstars who want to come to MLS. Like, I don't know how you do this, but <laughs> however you can best vet these guys who are making that move here, yeah. you have to, because we've seen some of them come over here with the absolute right mindset and attitude. Robbie Keane, you know, guys like that have come here. Javinko too have come over here, and it's been a, a spectacular success. They're obsessed with winning. They're desperate to win here, and then other guys come here, and we know what they think. They don't think the league is that great. They think they'll have fun and they can live an American, a cool American lifestyle, or in this case, a Canadian lifestyle, while mm. having fun playing soccer. And they come to find out the league is good, and you don't just get to coast. It's harder than that. Yeah. So I don't know how you vet somebody to find out what they're their attitude is to to making that move over here. And look, I don't know that that's Insigne and Bernadeschi. There's probably more than just them at the, at the heart of this, but I know you sign those two designated players. Those are great players and it, it's this bad and they have to bear some of the brunt. I agree. Responsibility. Sure. And, and, and help get the manager forced out of his job. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh, no question about that. We talked about that. Mm. So fascinating situation because I will, I put my hands up. I didn't see it coming. I'm one of the idiots on this one who is pretty surprised to see how bad this has gotten. And I, I think some of this, just to put a bow on this, like, again, what 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 Caldwell and DeGuzman, like the stuff they're saying, I think I'm sure there's truth in some of it. Like, they're right. Like I'm just saying that I think we didn't know that at the time. I don't know that they were saying these things that back then. But I think what's going on there is just like the rage and frustration right now around this club is so profound because of how steep and how unexpected this decline was. And so anybody who supports that club, they're just suffering like extreme whiplash from this and they're lashing out in all directions. And I think the easiest place to do that is the highest levels of a club. And I think that's, that's part of what you're seeing. Um, so we'll see, uh, cause it, it ain't good. And it ain't what I thought was going to be the case there. I was wrong. Um, I guess along those lines, JJ, this is our last pod before the U.S. and Canada meet this coming weekend. Yeah, that should be fun. Gold Cup quarterfinal. Should be. Should be. Not quite the A squads for both teams, as we know. It's been well documented. But still, you know, 
a, a good moment for both of these nations. Um, so that should be that should be a good one. I saw once again John Herdman made comments, not I mean not quite to the level of what he said uh, before the Croatia match in the World Cup when he so boldly said after the game, I told my players they belong here and we're going to go and F Croatia as if he thought that would fly. Uh, it wasn't, it didn't quite rise to that level, but I saw Landon Donovan looked kind of pissed off um, when Herdman said afterwards, when, when Canada won the other day, uh, what was it that he said? It was something to the effect of, well, we, we got what we wanted, the U S and Cincinnati. And it went back to Donovan. He said, Oh, that's what you wanted. Okay. Bring it on. Like be careful. Uh, who was it? Alexi Lalas that chimed in. Oh, be careful what you wish for. There's oh. Herdman provide giving some some of that good old bulletin board material. Oh I yeah, stoking our wee patriots. Yeah, yeah. Landy yeah, kicks and, and Alexi wouldn't. Yeah, well, it gives it a bit of juice. But but it's not just that. Like if if I work, let's say I worked in like the U.S. Men's National Team Media Relations Department. If I saw that, you better believe that quote would be plastered all around the that locker room. We got what we wanted, the U.S. and Cincinnati. It'd be everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing that. I wonder does um. I wonder did and Willie in the future, Bearhalter or any previous US manager, do they do like little, do they task the audiovisual people and social media people with making hype videos just to show the squad? I'd like to think so. I think because that we know it's a thing, but we don't know that we do it. I'd like to think so. That feels like an American thing. I know as Stephen Kenny, the Irish manager did it prior to a game at Wembley versus England. And apparently some of the material in it was um, historically political, maybe a little bit sensitive with the relationship between the two islands. He went a little too far, maybe. Well, apparently someone was upset. Some of the English born staff were upset by it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. be careful with that. No, I, just, no, I just know your audience. Yeah. Maybe Greg just puts on a compilation of his own bounce passes. Get everybody <laughs> in the room hype. Uh, let's see. JJ, I don't have too much else. I have just a couple of things oh, okay. that I want to get in. First of all, um, Jeff, there's been something of a call at Sky. Uh, a lot of guys moving on. So Jeff Stelling, uh, Soccer Saturday, mainstay, there from the very beginning. He's gone. Hmm. He's leaving Sky. Uh, we know Martin Tyler is gone. We haven't spoken about that. It is the end of an era. No more Martin Tyler on Sky. Uh, Peter Drury will double job. He will be still on NBC. But Thank he God. Will- he will be the lead commentator for Sky Sports. And John Champion will come in, I assume, to take up the slack and cover when Drury's not working oh, here. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of the best of both worlds. And um, Drury and Champion as the two lead voices of the Premier League in the United States. Gotta that's, love that. I mean, can't, you can't do better. Interestingly, um, I was reading a lot of people who find Drury too poetic too kind of maybe scripted these days and that they were bemoaning the fact that martin tyler is going then some others were like well tyler sounded like he was phoning it in but as we've had this argument before that was his style for a long time um john champion is is the key one here john champion doing premier league games for american audience i love it because you're going to get to see hopefully at some point maybe the reunification of Champion and Beglin. But wow, yeah. Jeff Shreve's leaving Sky. He had one of, became one of the more kind of well-known presenters or rather interviewers on Sky. And he did all the post-match for 25 years. 
Think of all the people he pissed off. 30 years. Unbelievable. Yeah, Alex Ferguson. Just by doing his job. Kevin Keegan, Alex Ferguson, uh, Kenny Daglish. Amazing. Uh, And and seemed like a genuinely likable fella. Uh, But his iconic moment may be this. uh, As we bid farewell to Jeff Jeff Shreves. Uh, Cheers, Jeff, we'll say. Uh, Maybe... Uh, Branislav Ivanovic won't be saying that. Um, here's Jeff in one of his most famous moments, letting Ivanovic know in 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 the in the most gentle way that he will miss out on a Champions League final. Branislav, can you clear one thing up for us? Were you booked after the penalty? Yeah, I booked. You know that means you're out of the final now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. But... Yeah. Unfortunately, that means you don't play in the final. Unfortunately. What was it like for you tonight, starting one position, then having to move? Yeah, it was, it was a very difficult game. I think we, we do our best and we deserve to qualify. It's the tone. It's more that he, Ivanovic doesn't know he's missing it and then he looks around and kind of looks at Ashley Cole. Am I yeah. out? And then turns back and Jeff says, no, you're not playing. There's <laughs> a, a clear moment where like, you can see Ivanovic's soul leaving his body. Oh, it's like, so awful. Where, he, where, the, where the reality, like all the joy that he's feeling, like it's all in an instant sucked away with the with the cold reality hitting him that he he's now suspended for the final. It's like, brutal, absolutely brutal television, but it was, i never forget it. Amazing. And I thought the same thing at the time. All right, calm down, Jeff. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. And finally, uh, tonight. Oh. Uh, this is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, because it's visual, I'll just have to explain it. But um, RTE Sport uh, were delivering news that... Uh, Declan Rice, his move to Arsenal had been completed. He would go for 105 million. And the the presenter was talking about him becoming the most experienced Englishman, uh, most expensive Englishman, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. All those things. All of it was over highlights of Rice playing, training, or in the mix zone, being interviewed as an Irish international, a senior international. Yeah, that's not so subtle. It w- the levels of pettiness by our state broadcaster. It was perfect. Now, can Absolutely I ask? Can I ask one perfect. question? I just have one question. Yes. Now, like rights holders and things like that, sometimes do matter. They may have had the rights to footage of, like that might have been the the free footage that they had the rights to of. Well, they, they would have covered those games. Rice's three senior caps, guys. Three senior caps that he took for the Republic of Ireland would all have been on RTE. So they would have had the rights to those to those pictures, the rights to him training, the rights to the mix zone stuff. Right, right. But, That's what I'm saying. But they often use stock. They often use um, and put up in the right corner, um, courtesy of Sky Sports or courtesy of BBC. They could easily have, you know, his uh, Europa League, his Europa Conference final. Uh, could have had him in a West Ham jersey. They could have had him in a in an England kit because they had the rights to Euro 2021. They could have used that. All that footage was available to them, but they didn't go with that. All Irish. And it's so funny, the Englishman, and they say the Englishman as he's standing there being interviewed as an Irish player. And uh, it just reminds me just to play this audio. You've always got to play well when you put on the Irish shirt because you never know there's people that want to take that jersey off you. So every time you play, you've got to give it your all. And of course, Andrew, it's worth noting that the 
the only person that would take the Irish jersey away from Declan Rice was was Declan Rice. Oh, that is profound. What a show this was. I enjoyed this. Was this was fun. Immensely. This we I think we turned uh, some some light news into some heavy fun. As as Mark Zumoff used to say on the Sixers broadcast, turning garbage into gold. I think that's what happened here tonight. I think so too. This was a lot of fun. We'll of course uh look forward to this weekend with the US men's national team facing Canada in the quarterfinals of the Gold Cup. And uh we'll have a reaction pod for that. If not late Sunday night, sometime Monday. Keep your keep your eyes open for it. Should All right. Be, should be shortly after that game. Nice. At some point. And within within twenty four hours or so. That's that's what I'll promise. JJ, this was a joy, as it always is. I got nothing else, my friend. To you I say Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.